Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. What's up, friends? Thank you for tuning in yet again. I am more than excited about this episode. Literally can't wait to bring it to you. A little background story. So Renee is a intuitive. She's an energy healer. She's a massage therapist. She is a medium and she is able to tap into the Akashic Records, which I want to give you guys full disclosure. I had no idea what the hell the Akashic Records were before I connected with Renee. So what ended up happening is I had a friend who went and got her her Akashic Records read and I was fascinated. I was like, wait, we have past lives and they impact us today? What? I was confused. I was like, okay, this I I I had read a few books where past lives were talked about, but I had never really understood it. Didn't know if I believed it, wasn't really sure about it, but something told me I needed to connect with Renee. Something in my gut was just like, just do it, get it done. Like, what is it? There's nothing that's going to be, nothing that's going to hurt or nothing bad is going to come out of someone doing an intuitive reading. And there's a couple people in my family who do intuitive readings here and there. So I had some exposure. It wasn't totally a foreign concept to me to have like, to work with a medium or to have them provide guidance for you. And so I I did it. And what ended up happening was I jumped on this call with Renee. She started talking about my special gifts and started explaining things that no one could know about me had they not had some sort of divine guidance, knowledge, whatever you want to call this. And so I was like, okay, this lady knows what she's talking about. Something's like this this makes sense. She's validating these things I've felt about myself that I couldn't explain, that I couldn't say out loud to people because they sounded crazy. You know, she she told me some of the special gifts that my soul has been gifted or the 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 certain things that I feel, you know, I feel this calling and this need to make an impact, serve, like shift people's awareness and and awake you know, awaken other souls. And she's like, this is because of your divine soul blueprint. This is because of the things that you have been gifted or from, you know, because of where you originated from, this is why you are the way you are. And it was just really interesting hearing those gifts and having them validate, having her validate what I had felt for so long. And then she dove into what in my past was no, was, had taken me off my my soul alignment. And so things that I experienced in, you know, five lives ago, six lives ago, things that had happened 
that were still impacting me today. And and this is the part that kind of, to be honest, I was like, not as interested in it because I wasn't as open to it. Although I was, I was kind of open. I was like, okay, I believe that there's something like what she's saying makes sense. So essentially what she was saying is that, you know, I had a sister six lives ago that had passed away and it was impacting my heart chakra and the energy there. Um, and I may be butchering this, but this is how I interpreted what she said. And I was like, yes, I feel like I can't open up or I feel like, you know, I can't expand that chakra fully or, you know, some other things that had happened in other lives. And she mentioned the energy, the places where the energy was out of alignment for me. And I was like, yes, this resonates. This feels true. And fully went on to it, open-minded and had this you know, 21 days, she gives you an affirmation. At the end of the 21 days, I felt these massive shifts. Like I can't explain the peace I felt after it. I can't explain the things that started to manifest that I had been calling in. I can't explain how many, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know, I have seen probably a thousand angels numbers in the past three weeks. Like it has been insane and I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, Every 10 minutes, I'm seeing them somewhere else, and I'm like, oh my god, they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Um, But just a lot of things that make me feel like I'm on the right path right now. And so, for those of you who are like, oh, oh, what the hell? Past lives? Like, what is that? Like, I would encourage you to just listen to Renee with an open mind. Because even, I love in this episode, and you will hear it for yourself, but how she talks about her own skepticism about this, around this topic. And fun fact, Renee and I both grew up grew up in Catholic households feeling really, you know, um, not, I don't know how to say this, maybe that we, we felt shame for the things that, like this for me was, uh, 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 words are hard, out of my comfort zone, you know, there's, there's just, it's interesting to see the, the similarities between her and I and our stories, and I think a lot of other people are going to see themselves in her story as well, so tune in, listen up, before I, I, we get, dive into the episode, I do want to just say, if you're interested in other ways to raise your vibration, things that I haven't quite talked about on the episode yet, hop over to my website. It's in my Instagram bio. I'll link it in the show notes below. Get yourself on the list to get my free raise your vibration guide. This is going to be epic. I've been working on it for weeks and I'm not going to lie. It's pretty bomb. It's pretty dope. And it's going to go through everything. You know, I mentioned pretty much a lot of different ways that you can raise your vibration in the first episode, but I'm going to go into details and I'm going to give you the t- tools, tips, and series of things you need to incorporate, the things that you need to do to raise your own personal vibration so you can manifest all the things that you want in life. Um, but with that, let's dive in, guys. All right. Welcome, Renee. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, what, and I, I gave the viewers a little, or the listeners a little bit of a background before, you know, you, you were present with us on who you are and how I got connected with you, but why don't you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your background? Because to me, that was a super fascinating part of 
who you are and where you came from, probably because it's a similar background that I have interest in and that I personally have. So would you mind sharing? Sure, not at all. Thank, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So thank you, Shelby. Um, sure, so I, um, was, I'm originally from Southern Louisiana. I was born right outside New Orleans. And um, my parents were uh, teenagers. I was my mom's prom present. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, my mom, you know, my parents were, uh, my mom was 16 and my dad was uh, 18. And um, so my brother and I were raised by my grandmother, who was very religious, very Catholic. And, you know, Louisiana is known as the Bible Belt. So, um, we went to lots of different religious churches. We went to Catholic, which was my grandmother's religion. And then we went to Pentecostal church where I, I was like, a, I, I'm, I was always tomboy. So Miss Juanita who brought us would say I was a boy. <laughs> and then um, we attended also Southern Baptist. Um, and we, we did live outside New Orleans, but then when we got a little older, my parents took us and moved us outside to um, outside Baton Rouge in this small parish called Livingston Parish. And I went to school in Albany, which is um, like my graduating class was 60 people. That's how small it was. So a very small town. And um, when I was about, the earliest memory I have is when I was five years old, we lived, we were still living in Marrero, which was the small town outside of New Orleans. And um, there was a man that would come and visit me in my bedroom at night. And I would see him and he was not nice. And my mom had a friend that came to stay with us from Connecticut, because my mom's actually originally from Connecticut. And um, my mom and dad were like, you're just having a nightmare. And I'm like, there's this man, he's not, he's, you know, messing with me is like terrorizing me and scaring me. He would like reach up on the side of the bed and they're like, you know, kids have, you know, the boogeyman under the bed or mm -hmm. somebody in the closet. But I really had someone every night like mumbling to me. So my mom's friend came to stay with us and she experienced it. And I, I had two twin beds in that room and she slept in the other and the man was messing with my mom's friend. And my mom's friend was the first time that was like, woke up and said I had this worst nightmare it was about this man he was in the room and it was exactly what I had told my mother oh. and shortly after my mom and dad picked us up and moved us to uh, Livingston Parish out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> oh so God. um yeah so as I got older I, yeah it was it was uh I found it was a, a rare coincidence I was like I asked my mom and she's like nope we were just moving we just moved to the woods I'm like okay so as I, as I got older, I started to see more energy, um, light, colors, auras. And then um, I also would see people. So say we would go to this old church and I would see people roam in the halls and I knew that they were not alive. And um, I would see um, if my teacher was teaching in front of the classroom, um, if she was standing in front of the, we had blackboards back then, um, chalkboards that I would see energy colors all around her. And I knew when we were about to get in trouble because the color would change. Wow. And um, so I started asking other kids, you know, if they felt this way or if they saw these things and they thought I was crazy, you know, they were like, what? You're weird. And I started to lose friends because they were like, um, 
you know, I started to become the strange kid. So I stopped talking about it. And then I started disconnecting from that part of myself. And then around 20 years old, I had um, moved off, went to Baton Rouge and started going, going to school at LSU. And I lived in a house with um, three girls and we went to New Orleans. And, you know, everybody in New Orleans, you know, if you're, it, uh, if a lot of your listeners have probably been to the French Quarter and they have a ton of palm readers and, you know, tarot card readers and everyone's a psychic and so we went to this little shop and I said, oh, it'd be fun. Let's get, you know, let's get some cards. And we got a deck of cards and we went home. And, you know, I mean, when, when I say almost everybody that I grew up with went to church, I mean, my roommates went to church every Sunday with their, would drive all the way home and go to church with their parents. So um, we came back from New Orleans and we're sitting in my, my bedroom and it's me and my friends. And I said, oh, let's play with them. I'm going to give you guys readings. And I didn't know what I was doing. And so I pulled the cards out and I, I threw a couple of cards and all I did is get an impression from the cards and looked at the picture. You know, that's how I was deciphering them was through the picture. And um, I told my friend um, at the time, Melanie, I told her some stuff that was going to happen. But, you know, we're just joking. Well, we thought we were joking around. And um, the room got quiet because she was like, uh, that's kind of scary. And I said, well, I just read the pictures. I don't know what it means. And I said, it's just the way I feel about it. So sure enough, um, not long after, what I had told her ended up happening. And her mom came to the house, Miss Linda, and took the cards and burned them. And was like, this is the tool of the devil, and you should be playing with these. So um, I never touched another tarot card. It did scare me because that had happened. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, you know, because of what they told me and my religious background, I was like, okay, I'm not supposed to mess with that. Well, then... um, Two years later, I ended up moving to Connecticut for a job, and my assistant, um, I worked for a marketing company, so totally right brain, analytical, you know, uh, mm-hmm. working a million hours a week. I was sick all the time because I was um, running around, and I was totally cut off from any part of my divinity. I was totally con- disconnected from any spirit. I mean, I was just work, 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 work on the weekends, party, party, party. (laughs) And I was getting sick a lot. So my assistant, um, Christina, was very lovely. And one day she came in and uh, she goes, listen, I bought you a gift card for this energy work called Reiki. She goes, this woman's awesome. She also is a medium. And when I have sessions with her, she tells me information that helps me. Hmm. So me being a skeptic, because everybody in Louisiana, you know, not everybody Hmm. in Louisiana, I love my Louisiana. It's just <laughs> in New Orleans, you know, um, and then me being told that this was a bad thing, I had a, I was very skeptic. So mm-hmm. I made sure when I went, I didn't have any rings, no jewelry. Um, I, I dressed, you know, I just dressed very blah. And I wasn't feeling well because I was recovering from pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And I meet this woman and I was guarded and she could tell. And she's like, I just need your first name. So I know what to call you. And I'm like, okay. And um, she t- I tell her my name. I said, my name's Renee. And she's like, okay, just lay on the table. And as soon as she touched me, I thought I was hallucinating. I was like, oh, you have to stop. I think I'm having an LSD flashback from high school. I was freaking out on the table. <laughs> and she's laughing. She's like, what are you seeing? And I'm like, I see all these little circle things, like little bubbles, like floating all around in front of my face. And I see these crystal things. And 
I'm explaining to her, like I'm seeing almost like a cloud and all this stuff started showing. And she's like, I knew it as soon as I touched you. And I said, what? And she goes, you have a gift. And I said, like, what kind of gift? She goes, when people call you, do you know who it is before you answer the phone? And I said, yeah, but everybody does that. And she just <laughs> laughed. And then she goes, when you have a dream, do they come, come true sometimes? And I said, yeah, I have a lot of dreams that come true. And she goes, and when you get a bad feeling, does that feeling, you end up usually trusting it and it, and it, you're right. And I said, yeah, but I thought everybody had this, you know, I'm just like, this is natural. Everybody, you know, woman's instincts, whatever. And she's like, no, you actually have some ability. You're seeing some of the stuff that I'm seeing. So she finishes the session. It was amazing. I felt amazing after the session and I felt like she brought me back into my body and reconnected me to a piece of myself that I had lost. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know how to explain it. When I got home to my boyfriend at the time, which is now my husband, the stuff she told me, there's no way she knew. Like I had just moved to Connecticut and she was telling me about my grandfather who had died five years prior. Um, she knew about my mom's business office that was in Florida and there was no internet. There was no Google. There was, we had MS DOS. That was our only, you know, computer that there was no, my cell phone was like the size of a book. You know, there was no, no smartphone. So there was no way for her to Google or um, research any information on me before I came and uh, to the session. And at the end of the session, she goes, she could tell I was very high strung and I needed to help myself. And she goes, you know, I do teach this and it would be a good thing for you to learn for yourself. So I said, okay, you know, whatever. And then I went back and I talked to Christina. She's like, you should take that class. And so I called her and she goes, well, actually now it's full. (laughs) And um, so I have to call you for the next class unless someone cancels. She calls me back within two hours and she says, someone just canceled. Mm -hmm. So the Saturday following my appointment, I end up taking um, my first Asui Reiki class. And um, from there, after that first class, it was like, it's, I worked in marketing. I mean, I was, the job I had was very um, secure and made really good money. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no need for me at that time to even think about looking for another job except to have a, a better social life. And um, that class changed my life. During the attunement of the Asui Reiki, I saw my, I saw guys, I saw people in, I got messages and I was freaking out. I thought I was schizophrenic. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I was telling my teacher at the end, I said, um, yeah, I think I'm losing my mind because I started seeing this and hearing this. And she goes, that's actually some of the words I was saying in the attunement. And that is what the same thing that I was seeing. So um, I said, there's something to this. I need to keep taking this. So this is in 19, let me just give you a time perspective. Is But this was in 1998 that um, I took my first Reiki session and um, had my first experience with reconnecting. And so I started practicing on family, friends, anybody that would let me do Reiki on them. Because when I was doing Reiki for them and for myself, I was receiving a healing. I was feeling this calmness, this centering, this reconnection. And all my gifts started to accelerate from that. I started knowing things. I started seeing things. Um, start to see energy again around people. Um, 
knew, started to know things about people that I had forgotten that I had that connection when, um, like when I was in class, I remember I was in class when I was a child and my teacher's father had just died and I had this feeling, overwhelming sadness that had hit me. And I started to have that experience again. So I had to learn how to control that. And so 1998 was my starting to be, become realigned with myself and who I truly was again. And um, that led me to now. So 20 years later, um, I've, I've studied every modality just because I feel like we never stop evolving and we should always keep learning. And whenever my teacher, Deb, who was my Reiki teacher, um, would tell me that she had a class or something, I would take it because I was like, I want to learn more about this. I feel like there's so much, no matter how connected someone feels, I feel like we're, we're still always learning more every day. And with every person we meet, we, we learn something from them. And um, the work I do now is, so I started off doing Reiki. And from that, it's evolved to, I, I do, I've taken so many energy classes. Now when people come from, for energy healing, um, I still call it Reiki, but it's, it's a little bit of everything because I have so many guides and people that I call in to help me with my work. Mm. So I just call it Reiki. I'm like, you're coming in for a Reiki session because if I call it anything else, um, some people are a little freaked out. People are very familiar with Reiki, so it makes them feel more comfortable. And But there's angels and ascendant masters and all kinds of assistance that I receive in my healing work. And I do healing work um, in person with clients on the table, and I do remote healing for people all over the country. Mm -hmm. And um, But the majority of my business now um, no longer marketing. <laughs> um, it is um, maybe for the other side, but now my, the majority of my business is through, um, I do um, mediumship, intuitive readings, and um, those readings are very unique in themselves because it's not the type of mediumship where I'm talking about the person that's on the other side the whole time. It's like they come forward to me and this is how I learned like what I was supposed to do and what my true path was is that when spirits start coming to me, they weren't like, Oh, I'm her mom. And this is how I passed. And this is what I want to say. And this and this and this, it was about the person in front of me. So say I have a person come forward and they're telling me like I had a, a woman's grandfather come, come forward and he, the love that you feel from spirit is beautiful. I should be called the crying medium because I call to have my sessions. <laughs> but um, that's the empath in me. But um, when, when the person comes through, the love that I feel for them, and they want to give guidance. So before the person I connect with my client, before they either call me on the phone or, or, or I mean, I call them on the phone or they show up for their session in my office, I connect with spirit and I meditate. And we talk, we have a conversation and they tell me, um, like the grandfather came through and says, well, today, um, we'll just call her Ann. Ann's coming to see you because she's having some issues from, with work and she really needs guidance on the direction that she needs to move with work. She's having some complications with some coworkers. She's having complications with not getting paid what she's worth. And um, he starts to show me, so I see, um, the way that I communicate is through clairvoyance. 
So they will actually show me um, a picture. So I see this woman and I see the office and what they do is they'll show you things that you can relate with. So I worked in an office that was corporate, you know, so it shows me kind of the office that I was in so I can relate like what type of business it was. So mm -hmm. they're showing me my old corporate office and then they'll show me the, um, the relationship and the chemistry between the people and like what's happening. And then they'll show me the work she's doing, like the long hours she was bringing in. And, um, but also what they're showing me is different aspects of her and how this job is not even what she's supposed to be doing. That she has, pa she has a real passion for something else and that she's only doing this job because for her survival, a lot of people will take jobs for survival and mm -hmm. for not, not because they love it, because they think they need it to, to live. Mm -hmm. And if you're not choosing something that's part of your path, everything will go wrong with it. Nothing will be right. So this, the whole session, I might say at the beginning, um, you know, I have a man here. He feels like your grandfather on your father's side. And I describe like what I feel or see. And then I ask my client not to really tell me anything because they give me so much detailed information that I don't want it to be polluted by what the client might have to say. Mm. So, um, because I, I do have, a, I do have a conscious. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, and I, I do um, have a little ADHD. So with, cause especially when I'm in a higher realm, it just heightens that. So if I stay on track with what I'm receiving from spirit and I don't let people, um, pollute it with anything. Um, I stay on track and I just let it flow through me. So they'll get all the guidance that they need from spirit. And I'll tell them, I'll ask you a question, but all I want is a yes or no. And please don't tell me anything else because I'll just go off like I, like I am right now. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so during the session, I'll get exactly. So the love and the work and I get the full picture of the relationships I'll get the full picture of what's going on how this how it became the situation that it is and how she can get out of the situation and what paths she should look into or what she's already looking into you know things that she might have already checked into like going back to school or so I'll get all that information and then with the love thing that she had brought forth to me was that she's been in a relationship, but it didn't go well. And now she's ready for another relationship, but she's been on these dating apps and she's having problems finding love. And they show me the whole thing and the guys that she's going on the dates with, and there's not a match, you know, she's not finding the right, the right match. So, mm -hmm. um, I talked to her about that and she gives me confirmation that yes, that's exactly what's happening. And I'm telling her about what I saw in the last States because that's usually what they'll show me. Um, it's different for everybody, but this was just the client I had yesterday. <laughs> Top of your head. So, um, yeah, so she's right there. So, um, you know, they're, they're giving me all these circumstances and also the choices that she's making. Mm -hmm. So by making these certain choices that are not in alignment with her divinity and what she should be doing, um, they tell, they show me how to get her back on her path. So at the end of me telling her all this information and her giving me confirmation, yes, that's happening. And then I'll tell them and they're, you know, what they're telling me the resolution is or which direction she should look into. And then, 
usually they'll give me confirmation, yes, I've already thought about that. And then from there, I let the client then ask questions. So I can give them more detail because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, I've told you everything and make sure that we're on the same page and that we are definitely connected and you understand everything that they're saying. Then I allow the client to come in and ask um, a little bit more specific, maybe timing. Um, spirit does not go with timing, just to let y'all know, because spirit will say it's May. And because there is no time on their side, but they might see it as spring and it might feel like May to them. But usually, sometimes they are right. Sometimes it is May. Um, but sometimes it's like May the next year. Hmm. So I tell my clients, I feel like it's spring. Um, but I can't tell you exactly the timeline because sometimes they are wrong about that. Um, there is no time on the other side. So I try to get as much information from them as possible. So that's the intuitive readings I do. The other readings that I do. Can I? And those are half out. Yes. Um, just, just because I'm not sure if all of the reader, all of the listeners are going to know what Reiki and energy healing is. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about what it is, how it can help, you know, what, what someone would expect with energy healing so that they're going to understand yes. the other work you do a little bit better? Yes, 100%. Actually, it's really important. So thank you for asking that. Um, I should have said that because that's like, that's actually the whole reason how this happened. It's the energy. (laughs) So, okay, this is, this is probably the most important part and I skipped it. So I'm sorry. Um, So when I was in that workaholic, you know, working 80 to a hundred hours a week and being on call like every day in that corporate job. And I had that job because it was great money. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, that's low vibrational. I was working myself to death. And because, you know, everybody's like, oh, you need to have a good job and you need to make all this money and you need to, you know, and it, and it does come from the way we're taught. So my family to them, success is money, right? Mm-hmm. But I've learned as I go through that, that is not success. Success is happiness and memories and moments. Mm-hmm. So me having this energy session, what happened was my, my energy was low. My body was in a low vibrational state, which caused me to be sick all the time. I had pneumonia three times that year. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was horrible. And um, I can't even tell you how many other horrible things had happened that year. And yeah, I had money and I could go, I wasn't spending it because I was working all the time. But um, there was other things that started to follow. I was not in the right place. So um, when I went to go have this energy session with this woman, she is a high vibrational person. She's a medium and she's a energy healer. Now for someone to do, to bring energy healing to someone else, they have to be on a high vibrational level. They're kind of like a lightning rod that's connecting to divine source mm-hmm. and opening themselves up to bring energy through them as a conduit to the person on the table. And by them bringing that higher vibrational energy to the person on the table, they're actually changing that person's vibration. So when someone's vibrating at a lower state, um, they can't see the positive outside of it. They can't see anything but the situation they're in. They feel stuck. They feel like they're going nowhere or they're going everywhere. They have no direction. 
And um, I wasn't happy where I was in that job. I just was doing it because that's what everybody told me that was happiness, was money. Mm -hmm. And I also came from a very poor family. And so for them, that was success. They're like, oh my God, you have a great job. You're like, you know, and they kept, that's what I thought was going to be happiness. When she put her hands on me, I saw my future and I saw that this was not what I wanted. I saw that there was other things out there in life that were meant so much more like me getting married and having children. And I was thinking that actually on that table, I mean, I was only uh, 23 at the time, but on that table, I was like, I cannot have this job and have children. I work so much and actually I'll never have time to even make the children <laughs> if I keep working like this. So, um, <laughs> It was amazing how it brought my life into perspective at that moment. I was like, crap, I am not happy. I am not, this is not the life I want. And I realized it by that vibrational change. And then how I, w I would never have been able to connect with, with spirit if I stayed in that state I was in. She raised my vibration up so that I could connect with my divinity again. And that's how I was able to see spirit. So. Mm -hmm. When we're children and we're born, we are pure and innocent. And we haven't been polluted by stress and fear and anger and hate. So we are high vibrational when we're born. But it's the choices and the path that we take in this life that throw us off our alignment and lower our vibration. So when also with energy healing, um, you know, they offer Reiki and a lot of hospitals. If, you, if you're not familiar with it, if you go to your local hospital's website and you put in Reiki, a lot of you will find that Reiki is available at most hospitals now and for cancer patients going through chemotherapy and radiation and after their surgeries because they found that energy healing um, or Reiki ha helps with healing. It helps with um, before, they do it before their, their treatments to help them raise their vibration to help with healing. It helps them right after their surgery to increase healing and to help them um, heal faster. It also helps with the side effects of chemotherapy and also with radiation. And I have a, I actually, my clients that, re, that end up becoming diagnosed with any type of major illness, I see them great. Like I don't charge them. It's pro bono. I will either go to them um, sometimes they want to come to me because they want to get out of the house. So it's whatever, but I never charge my clients that are going through um, these treatments because I feel like it's so important and it's a gift and um, they deserve it. I mean, and, and the way that we, we think, you know, when we're sick and going through this thing um, and trying to heal, it's very important that we stay positive because positivity actually our, our thoughts change our vibration. So if we start to let our thoughts take control and we start to have these negative thoughts, it will manifest more negativity. It'll start to spiral. But if we stay positive and we try to be an optimist and look at the good things and just try to stay focused on healing, it actually will raise our vibration and help with the healing process. So that's why you know, if you know a loved one or, or a friend that's been through sickness, illness, chronic um, autoimmune, chronic disease, cancer, 
the doctors will tell them you have to stay positive. And it's not just because they're saying it, it is because it does change our energy and the way our body works. So that's how energy works in our body. Um, this woman that, was do, that did the Reiki on me, the way that she communicates with spirit and how I communicate with spirit is through high vibration. So, you know, sometimes we're disconnected to our divinity. You know, some of you, I know, I mean, a lot of people are waking up out there, and that's what I like to call it, waking up. Um, we are connected to divinity. Everybody has those thoughts like, I should do this, or I shouldn't do that, or I feel this. You know that, you know that feeling you get right under your ribs, like someone punched you in your stomach when you get a bad feeling? Mm-hmm. And then come to find out that feeling was true. Everybody has this. Everybody has this gift. Everybody has intuition. Everybody, we're born intuitive. We lose it because we, we become disconnected. So this, the way that we can connect with it again is by staying positive and trying to calm, our, calm ourselves or become, bring ourselves back into a peaceful state to raise our vibration to connect with that again. It's the rat race of our society that has us going all over the place and going a million miles per hour, and it just sucks the life out of us, and it takes our energy. So we have to really learn to kind of, kind of come back into ourselves and, you know, through energy healing, um, receiving Reiki, even massage. I've had clients. I also was a massage therapist um, when I was doing the Reiki. After I started doing Reiki, I took massage classes. And I, I became a licensed massage therapist. And, and clients would have epiphanies on the table. Mm-hmm. Or after a massage, I have a client call me. Remember that thing you told me on the table? Well, I had this weird thing. And it just gets this snowball effect in a good way rolling. Yeah. So um, treat, treating yourself, a facial even, just bringing yourself some peace um, will actually change your whole vibration. The way we eat changes our vibration. Exercise changes our vibration. And energy healing is um, also, you know, just the way that people can connect um, in, in a way when they can't, if you can't exercise, if you can't do that and you're in a state where you can't do all those positive things for yourself, somebody else can do it for you. I love that. And I love that you bring up the energy piece and how it can fit in with nutrition and exercise because those are things like everything you just said, I've experienced, I was eating well and exercising and this doing the energy work really brought me back to my intuition. That was something I felt disconnected from, from a long time, despite, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I did eat really well and I did move my body, but I still felt disconnected. And after, you know, one or two Reiki sessions, which I had done prior to our visit, I felt that intuition. And honestly, that was that intuition kicked in when I connected with you. I was like, I don't know why, but I need to do this. I need to, you know, work with Renee. And it's, it's so fascinating that, you know, it just, those little things that can raise our vibration and all the things that we can do really to continue to raise that vibration. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, Um, So the work you did with me was the Akashic Records and, you know, I had never heard of them before we had worked together. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, I don't think there's a lot of people maybe 
especially in my following that really know what, what are the Akashic records? What does that mean? How can they be used? So do you mind kind of diving in a little into what that is and, and what, what it means? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of people um, have never heard of the Akashic records. Um, it's, I, I didn't realize that when, so I've done intuitive readings for um, a long time. Well, probably since um, I was 24. And then in 2011, I ended up buying a book um, by Linda Howe that was, it literally was um, How to Access the Akashic Records. That was the name of it. <laughs> and um, she has an exercise in there. And um, it, I believe it was a, I mean, this was a long time ago, but it was a prayer. And I was, I was doing a lot of meditating and I was doing a ton of work with clients and I said, I, everybody was talking about Akashic records and the groups, like um, the community that, that I was in was like, Oh, you should check into the Akashic records. So they're like, get this book. And I did, and I was meditating and I said, I'm going to go in and read this book. And I finished it and I did the exercise to ac access the Akashic records. And so I said, Oh, I'd like to know the life I had before this one. And this is, this is crazy. It was crazy. So my daughter at, at that time was three and she would call me dad and call my husband, mom. Okay. My husband is six, five and 300 pounds. He's a huge dude. <laughs> you can't mistake him for a woman. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm little. So I was, so all the time she would call me dad, dad. I mean, all the time. I'm not even joking. So I go into this, I go into my life, I asked, you know, to go in and I did the meditation to access it. And sure enough, I saw me as a man. Um, I was um, wearing, I, I was not a nice husband. I was not nice. Um, I was um, a workaholic. I saw myself in, you know, a white muscle shirt, you know, sitting at the table with like a Budweiser. And I was just like, you know, being, uh, you know, a chauvinistic pig to my wife, who was my, who was my husband. And, um, um so in yeah, this life was crazy. Time, that is your husband. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, my husband, no, my, it's my husband is actually, it was weird because I've always been a workaholic and my husband would be so happy to stay home and be a housewife. I'm not even joking. Like his nickname is Martha. We call him Martha because he's so he is like, he'll tell me like, oh, are you going to wear that? You know, and I'm like, why? And he's like, it doesn't really match. And I'm like, what? And I'm so, I've always been like a jock and very like, I'm, I'm not, I don't wear dresses at all. Like not at my wedding was the first time my husband had ever seen me in a dress. Like I rode horses my whole life. I played sports and I've just always been just um, forward and open and maybe aggressive in some ways, you know, but my husband is just this big guy who is um, not feminine in any way, but he's um, got a lot of motherly components and I am the disciplinary in the house and he's not. So, and my daughter would call me dad and call him mom all the time. So when I saw this, it also made me understand some other dynamics and why I had some guilt in our relationship. And I, when we had actually a really great relationship, it was some past things that I had. So in that life, I was a workaholic. I was an adulterer. I um, was an alcoholic. 
and I did not treat him with respect, well, her with respect. Um, and it was like probably the 1920s is this life that I saw. And, you know, wanted him to be her to be the one to take care of the house and do everything. And, you know, I could go do whatever I want because I made the money. And um, it was not a good life. It was not, I was not nice. I was not a good person. And in that life, I thought that money was happiness and that, you know, I was the king of the house and it was bad. So in our relationship in this life, I saw some correlations where I, I was, I felt like I was the, um, like I'm, I kind of take control of our relationship now. Like I do everything. I'm, I'm like, I make the business decisions. I make the money decisions. I, I do, but I felt, I always had this, when I met him, when we first met, I was kind of distant and I, I didn't understand why I felt guilty even about that, like the way I had treated him when we first met. Because when I met him, I just moved to Connecticut and it was at the gym and all the guys were like meatheads. And I was like, I'm not dating a guy that's a meathead from the gym. <laughs> and uh, so I, and he's a really big guy, right? So I was like, I'm not, yeah, sorry. And I was not nice to him because I thought he was like every other guy. And I felt so guilty by the way I talked to him. And I just had that, I gave that perception of him. And that actually stayed with me. It's still with me the way I talked to him the first time we met. And I have apologized to him like a thousand times. And he's like, why do you keep, because you were not even that person. And I felt so guilty about the way I spoke to you. He says, well, every other guy in the gym was exactly like that. And then when I saw that life, I realized that it was like guilt I was carrying from that life. Oh. So that that was the first time I accessed the Akashic Records. And then what happened was when I started doing um, energy work on my clients after that and doing readings, I was accessing their Akashic Records. And I was getting information about stuff that happened in this life. Like when they were kids, I was getting information of like what happened with their parents. I was getting information about even past lives. like what I, I saw them in a past life and what they were and who they were. And I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward now to, um, and a lot of clients were coming to get this reading from me. Um, but then this year I ended up um, meeting a, a, a medium that was from the UK. And he said, you know, you are accessing the Akashic, Akashic Records. A lot of your readings are already Akashic Record readings. And because um, I was trying to explain to him what I saw and how I did my readings. And I'm like, I'm trying to understand what I'm doing. Because <laughs> you're in the Akashic Records. You're doing readings from the Akashic Records. And I'm like, I am, but I have other people. He goes, yeah, you have spirit with you and they're guiding you and they're giving you information. He goes, but most of your information that you're seeing is from the Akashic Records. So I, um, Said, when you get home, look up this woman. Her name is Andrea Hess, and she is from Arizona. And she has a great Akashic Record program that will help you organize it more. So I could do um, uh, like healing and readings in the Akashic Records. And I didn't understand what he was talking about until I took the course. And this program, when I learned. Um, how to organ, like how to access more information, but be very specific for my clients. 
before when I was doing the readings, I was seeing, like say, say I'm doing Akashic Records for, um, um, say my mom and her husband. Okay. Mm -hmm. I might pick up their relationship specifically. That's it. Um, I wasn't and and if someone was coming for the relationship, like, Oh, I want to know about my relationship. I would see like past life or, or if it wasn't with them, or I would see past relationships in this life. But that the way I was seeing it was through the Akashic records. The way this program helped me is that my whole thing is about helping my client on their path. And that's how my readings are. Like, they're not, like I told you in the beginning, that it's always been, the, the guide has always told me about the, the client's path and how to connect them back to their path. When I got this, when I took the class and I signed up for it, I'm like, holy crap, this is actually what I've been looking for. It's all about the path, the soul's path. It's all about reconnecting the client to their divinity and helping them connect to themselves. So the Akashic Records, what it is, is it's like the internet for, for soul records. It is this mass database for um, every soul. So it's an energetic database that stores every choice every soul has ever made, okay? And each soul is in the Akashic Records. And um, what I can do is, oh, and there is no time in the, in the Akashic Records. So the good thing about that is, say when a client comes to me and they are totally disconnected from their divinity, and they're, they're like, for instance, when um, you came to me for this, this work, the Akashic Record, um, mm -hmm. soul realignment work, um, you wanted to be guided or to find, you know, have more clarity. So what I was, what I'm able to do is because there's no time, I go into the Akashic Records and I get to see the soul at its origination. I go all the way back to when the soul was originated. And I see how divine source created your soul. And by seeing this, I feel the energy. I'm able to see um, the, the gifts of the soul what the specializations of the soul is, um, what the soul wants to express through itself. And that helps me realize what choices were made in their lives that have taken them away from their divinity and from their um, divine source, from divine source. Mm -hmm. The only way I can access the Akashic Records for anyone I have to have permission. I can never access an Akashic record for anyone else that has not given me permission. So for you, say myself, I can access my husband's Akashic record and I can access my daughter's Akashic record because my daughter is, um, has, is, is soul is in connection with mine mm -hmm. and my husband's is also. So I can access theirs. Um, and also, nothing will come forward that the client is not ready to deal with or clear. Mm -hmm. So um, if a client isn't ready to um, heal something, it won't come forward for me to help them heal. Once they're ready, it, can, it will come forward. So it's, and that's why when the client comes and I do this reading for them, um, and it's more than a reading. It's so much more than a reading. Um, when they come forward, the Akashic Records will only give me stuff 
that the our information that the client will recognize. Interesting. And so there may be things like, let's say we did my reading and, you know, three years down the road, I'm like on another level, will more stuff maybe come through then that I'm like, okay, I'm ready to deal with everything. Or do you feel like, do you know yeah. when things aren't coming through? Like as you're reading, mm -hmm. you do. Yes. So once, I, yeah. So once I do the soul realignment, so what the soul realignment is, is, um, it's, it's actually a healing, you know, it's a healing and a reading in one. Yes. So when a, a client will, some clients will come to me and not be ready. So um, I've had that happen a couple of times where um, people come to me when they are really trying to come in alignment to their divinity and they are ready to make that change in their life. They're, they're like, I'm feeling disconnected. I, I need some help. So most people are ready to make a change. Some people, once I tell them what it is, they're like, uh, there's some things I may not want you to know. But if they're not, but what they need to know is if they're not ready, it won't come forward. That, that information won't come forward. So anything they don't want me to know um, or anything they're not ready to let go of yet will not come into the reading. So um, the Akashic Record reading that I do is um, I connect the person to their soul profile. So how their soul was created, what their divinity is, how that, that they should live their life through their divinity or what makes them happy. And usually when I tell them, um, you know, what makes them happy and, and how they, how they would make their living, how they would be happy in their life, um, hobbies, things like that. They end up, all of them are, everyone is like, yes, that's 100% the way I feel. That's my love. That's my passion. Um, their soul specializations, when I connect them to that, they usually are like, oh my God, I do that all the time. <laughs> or that's what I do, or that's what I do for a living. So it's really, it's really cool when I tell them that. And then um, the soul, so, and then I have the, um, so they have the soul profile. And then the other part of the soul po profile will tell me their soul vibration. So what vibration that they're at. And everyone who comes to me for the soul realignment are in the 5.0, which means that they're vi vibrating at the fifth dimension. Um, it means that they're ready for change and they're already connecting to their intuitiveness. They're connecting to higher divine and they're ready to move forward into something bigger. And um, I also can connect to um, other things that are holding them back. So what that means is that through the um, realignment portion, I will find things that are happening in their life now that either occurred in this life that's affecting them and blocking them from moving forward in their divinity. Um, when there's major stuff that happens in our life, um, trauma, it could be trauma. It could even be um, when we're kids and our parents get divorced. And that's not part of our divinity, but that divorce was such a huge impact that leaves an imprint on our soul. And it's a block. And it could block us from relationships. It could block us from other things in our life relationships and love, relationships and um, friendships, relationships in um, business. We can have trust issues. There's, there's a lot of things that could come from things that happen in this life. Mm -hmm. um, so the blocks and restrictions I find, or um, so it could be um, 
you know, uh, the way they feel about themselves. And sometimes the way we feel about ourselves, we don't even, like the thing about the guilt I have with my husband, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do I feel this way? And then, of course, I went and did this work for myself once I learned it, right? Yeah. And I found out that I was not, I've got the whole story and it was not pretty. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I realized why I felt that way. I was completely disconnected in, in my past life before this life. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of abuse. And, um, and so in this life, I'm, I became connected and I saw why that impacted me so much in this life. And also I saw the other ways that it was reflecting in this life and blocking me from moving forward in things that I wanted to accomplish or why I had trust issues. And there was a lot of stuff that came from that. So there are things that people find when I do this reading for them, um, they end up realizing things about themselves that they've always felt about themselves that I confirm. So they get confirmation, they get validation. Um, and then when I tell them things that have happened in past lives and how it's showing up in this life, it's almost the same story of this life. Or it's something that is correlated. There is some tie. It's really, that amazes me the most when I do this work the soul story and how this life and that life has some correlation. And um, so what I do when I find this information, so just to back up, you know how I am. I'm so ADHD. (laughs) You're doing great. For me to get this. Thank you. Because you know how I am. So when I do this work, um, the reason why I love this work is because it's very organized for me because um, she gave me a system. Mm-hmm. So it's very organized and the client can follow it. And, um, and it is so powerful. It's, it's life changing. It's changed my life. It's changed my client's life. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what this work does is it's, so the way it's a reading and healing one, it takes me about six to eight hours to get this information. So I'm in the Akashic Records. Like I have to break it up in days to actually get my client's information because um, when I go in, I get so much information that um, I, can't, I can't stay in. And also, you know, if you study, so think about studying, you don't, you don't want to study for a test like straight through mm-hmm. and it's so much information. So when I work on a client, I work on one part and I get so much information I'm in there, just just the first little origination part when I find out where my client originated and what their soul vibration is and their divinity. That's like three hours. Oh, wow. So I get that information and I I have to translate it to the way that they'll understand it. And then um, I also have guidance with me that's kind of giving me... um, uh, I guess guidance that's helping me see it clearly. So I also see things. So I write what I see for my clients. So it's very different from a lot of people have had Akashic record readings and this is not the same. Um, a lot of people say that this is very different from what they've had in the past because I see, so I write everything I see and it's very detailed. Mm-hmm. And then um, I go in and I get the next section. Like I'll, I might do it later that day or the next day. And sometimes working on a couple of charts at once. So, um, well, a lot of times I'm working on more than one chart at a time. So, um, I don't go in 
and work on two people at one time. It's always one, and then I have to get out, take a break, and then I might go and work on someone else, get out and take a break and work on someone else because um, the vibration in the record is high. Mm -hmm. And um, and you think I'm spacey now? I'm more spacey the longer I stay there. So I have to keep taking breaks throughout the day to do the work. <laughs> and so the healing part is, is that I get all this information and I, I, when I present it to the client, okay, we're in the third dimension. We live in the third dimension. Every choice that happened that's, that is showing um, up in the Akashic records that is still affecting them now, if it's a negative choice that they made in a past life, um, the client will recognize. They will recognize that occurring again in this life. Mm. Or they will, they'll recognize that feeling. They'll be like, I knew that this happened, or I felt like this happened, or this happened, this is happening now. So the client always feels that. So I'm making them recognize it in the third dimension. I'm telling them the whole background, how it's affecting them, the feeling and the vibration of it, because this is vibrational work. And by them recognizing it, they know how to change that choice. And they saw how it happened. And they saw how and they then see how to change it so it doesn't happen again. And what I do when I go into the Akashic record, that client's record, because they've given me permission, when there's something traumatic in a past life, say, um, client was murdered okay that's a traumatic um uh event that has mm -hmm. happened that leaves an imprint sometimes on the soul of um unjustified karma especially if there was never justice for their murder um usually the soul stories that i get when there's a when there's an impact on a client's soul um is usually not a pretty story it's usually uh traumatic and um, so I am able to go in, I get the whole story so that the client can recognize it and see how it's repeating in this life. Mm -hmm. But I also am able to clear it from the soul and so that it never happens again, mm -hmm. that they don't repeat this karma again. Because I, have, I had a client, her husband died, she was with her husband for six lives and her husband died almost the exact same way, six lives consecutively. Oh my God. And when I told her her soul story and this life, he died in this life, the exact way that I told her that he died six lives ago. Oh my gosh. And so by me telling her this and her like recognizing that that had happened and saw the, um, everything that happened before and after that life also happened in this life. So the way her family and her friends treated her, how she felt abandoned, how she felt there was no justice for her husband's passing um, happened again in this life. Wow. So I, I was able to help her see the circumstances around why it happened. Okay. So you get another perspective of why things are happening in your life, mm -hmm. which gives you clarity. You have this epiphany of clarity, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to go into the Akashic record and clear it on the fifth dimension so that the client doesn't repeat this again. We're done with the cycle. We're done. She recognizes it and the soul recognizes it as complete. Hmm. But as a client and as a person and a human on this earth now, to help heal that, we have to do some healing here in the third dimension. 
So by me clearing that, them recognizing it, it changes their soul vibration. Um, it changes. So remember we talked about Reiki mm -hmm. and how um, Reiki can help people who are, who are experiencing sickness or low vibration or depression or illness. Well, this does the same thing. So um, as we're clearing the things out and we're helping the client have more clarity and validation of the blocks and restrictions that they have in their record, it's opening up their soul vibration and raising them up. But we have to help them integrate, integrate that energy into their body properly. So I give my client a little homework after we're done with the reading. It, and it literally, my clients, um, and I think you would say it's like a, almost like a Reiki type energy when you're doing this homework. You're bringing, you're channeling in that um, high vibrational energy to help your new divine, um, new divinity or energy that's coming in integrate properly. Um, some of my clients, they don't want to stop doing the homework that I give them, and I have to tell them that they have to stop <laughs> because it's addictive. And um, the other part that happens, and I think some of you, uh, you know, the people, your clients that will hear this is that the other thing that happens um, and, and people have experienced, a lot of people, unfortunately, have experienced this is called soul loss. And this is a huge part. I, I, I feel this is definitely a huge part of healing. So um, when people experience a, a parent dying, uh, a spouse dying, uh, it could be abuse. It could be that they were in an abusive relationship. Um, it could be a traumatic thing or going even to war. Uh, what happens is for the soul to deal with a traumatic event, sometimes what it does is it takes a little piece of you and it leaves. It takes that traumatic event, a little bit of it, and it'll leave. And um, what happens is, is that we become disconnected from ourselves with that also. That's a huge thing. You know, some of you might remember, like, a, before a traumatic event happened, you were happy, and you laughed, and you danced, and you had no issues, and everything was great, and then something happened. You lost your mother, or you lost your father, or you lost your, your loved one, and um, you forgot how to laugh wholeheartedly, and you forgot that, you know, laughing so hard that you can't breathe, or singing, or dancing, or feeling that joy and being disconnected from that. And I've experienced that also in my life. And um, the soul loss work is so powerful. And everyone that I've done this work with and they, they're like, yes, I have lost, you know, I tell them the event that happened in this life. So lost when I find it, it's from this life. And um, I'll tell them what I found and that they've had the soul loss and when it happened and they'll acknowledge Yes, it has happened. And when they reconnect with that part of them, the work that I do helps them bring that piece of their soul back. Mm. And there's some people that have lost a lot. People that have gone to war. People that were in traumatic uh, events lost a, a large part. So when that comes back, they're reconnected. It's like this, this joy that comes back to them Mm -hmm. But it's also a recognition of this piece that they lost. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there is 
I, I, when I did this work for myself, I did have a whole day where I cried. I walked around the house crying. My husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm great. I'm the best I ever been. And he's like, oh my God. You don't he's look like, it. you are not. Yeah. He's like, what? He thought I was crazy. And I'm like, I'll be fine. Just let me do this. So um, what happens is I, what happened was I, I had a remembrance. I've actually, so the soul will also take the memory sometimes of what happened and I totally lost this whole part of myself and the memory of what happened and um you know I'll be honest about what happened was that you know when I was around 19 years old um I was with a man that I thought I was going to marry and I got pregnant and it was a ectopic pregnancy in the fallopian tubes and um I did not remember this at all I had no recollection of this until after I did this work for myself. And um, I almost bled to death. I went to, I was at LSU. I went to a charity hospital because I didn't have health insurance. And um, the doctor there did not treat me fairly and um, told me that I had maybe um, some type of disease, like a VD or something like that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, there's no way you didn't even examine me. He never touched me. He never examined me. And I was uh, bleeding everywhere. And I completely forgot this. He sent me home. And my fiance at the time ended up paying for me to go to a regular doctor who then said um, that I was pregnant and this whole thing and um, sent me home with some medicine that was supposed to help take care of everything. And um, the next thing I know, uh, I end up waking up in New Orleans at the charity hospital. They had to airlift me to um, another hospital. I guess, I don't know if he, I don't know what happened, but I ended up in New Orleans. So I ended up staying there for over a week and I almost bled to death. And um, my mom was paramedic and I guess she was called to the house because she worked in Baton Rouge. And um, I had no recollection of this. And when this memory came back to me, it hit me, it came back and I honored it. I was like, wow, I completely forgot. I had to call my mom to even confirm that this happened because it was, I saw the whole thing so vividly when it came back doing this work. And she's like, yeah, I can't believe you don't remember that. And I had blocked it out or my soul just took it and left. And I remembered it. I honored it. It was crazy. I mean, and a lot of my clients have experienced this. So I'm telling you my story because, um, some of my clients, their stories are so, are, are just the same, like there's some traumatic thing or something that happened. But the, but the thing is, is that with that, um, when it came back, I, I did, I mourned it. I mourned what happened, mm-hmm. but I was so, and I honored it. And then that part of me, it was like, I felt that part of me, you know, when I was 19 year old who had no care. And I was like in the car singing at the top of my lungs and being crazy came back. Like, I recognized her. I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for you. Where have you been? So the soul loss part is so powerful. And that is a huge block and restriction because if you're just connected to and lost a part of your soul, you, you can't connect to that true divinity, that divine part of yourself. I love that. So after people have done and I don't, I'm not sure if you've shared this already, like there's the affirmation and that's the, yes, you, the energetic work that people get addicted to. And after you've kind of cleared things for them, I know how it feels, but what, like, 
what do your clients most frequently say they experience after they feel that, you know, they've completed the work and you've kind of cleared things out? What, what do they most often say they feel? Oh, well, um, a lot of people who have done the work, um, most, a lot of them, so a lot of clients have health issues. Mm. So when we're not connected to our divine source, when we become out of alignment to our divinity and who we are, what happens is our vibration is lowered. And, um, when, and then when we have blocks and restrictions that carry over from past lives, like say a vow, the vow of suffering. Well, vow suffering, vows that show up in this life um, can come in as uh, chronic sickness. So autoimmune disease, sicknesses, um, health issues, weight issues. So um, the blocks and restrictions can show up physically. And so after doing the work, what my clients have told me, they're sleeping better. They're actually sleeping. Um, they are a lot, a lot of them change jobs. <laughs> um, the pain, a lot of that had fatigue and uh, lethargy and um, pain has subsided. Uh, some of my clients have found relationship, love. Um, they found um, a lot of my clients, what they told me is that they've healed relationships that they felt they could never heal again. Um, and that they feel whole and that they have a lot of them. The main thing is energy. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, they're like, wow, I used to go to bed at 9 PM and I wake up feeling exhausted. And they're like, I have so much energy and I feel great and things are just happening. So I get a lot of great feedback about like the energy and just feeling reconnected. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I yeah. really just, I feel that, you know, having had the work done myself, it was like the total shift in energy and feeling reconnected and feeling just this peace about everything. You know, there's just this peace that I can't explain that I never had before. So thank you for the work you do. I think it's such a gift for, you know, the people who feel called to do it and do the work. It's, it's really incredible. Um, how can, how can people get in touch with you? So maybe someone listening feels this is something they're feeling really called to do. How would they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Sure. So um, people can uh, check, check me out on my website. I have a website. It's um, www.elm-wellness.com. Okay. Or they can email me at elm well 21 at gmail.com perfect and or they they can find i was oh. just going to give them my facebook page <laughs> i will link all of this in the show notes too so people can um connect with you oh, but awesome. you share your facebook as well yeah it's uh readings by renee but there's two readings by renee so it's readings by renee at soul path healing perfect Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, again, everything you do and all of this wonderful information. It was, you know, brought me more clarity on what it is that I had done. Also, you know, (laughs) really helpful for some other people to understand how energy works, how it comes in and all of those wonderful things. Um, 
So anything else you wanted to add or, or, or comment on? Otherwise, we well, can... yeah, but I would love to add just one thing. I, you know, I'm trying to be short with it because, you know, I, I tell Louisiana long stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll make it short. So just to let you know, when people contact me for um, the Akashic Record readings, um, so I do my readings. A lot of them are on the phone, uh, intuitive, and all the Akashic Record readings I do, and you'll see all the ones I do. Um, so I do them on the phone, but the only thing with the soul realignment, um, there, there is a thing that there are some people that I cannot access their records. You know how I said that we have to get permission to access the records. So when someone contacts me to do the soul realignment work, I will send them back an email with a form and it just has, it's very simple information. It'll be the name they were born with, where they were born, the name they use now and their date of birth. And what I do is I just check to make sure that I'm going to be able to access the record because there's two things that keep me from accessing a person's Akashic record. Um, one thing is, is that they're not ready to do the work. So um, fear and that their soul is like, we're not ready yet. So they're blocking me. The other thing that can block me is that um, I've had a couple of clients that are, um, their soul has put a um, protective contract on the record and um, will not allow me to access it because there's some work that they're supposed to do on. Oh, you cut out. Always just double check. I set up the appointment because of the amount of work that goes into it. And also um, anyone who um, contacts me from uh, this podcast or your uh, show will get a special um, for the regular price of 222. They will get a free follow-up 45-minute uh, um, session after they finish their work. That's after the reading. They'll receive a free 45-minute um, guidance session, which is just to. Um, a lot of my clients will call me for a reading, so I do the guidance sessions that just to help them have clarity or they're excited and they're like that everything's moving so fast so they're like oh my god what do I do first so um <laughs> so so I usually charge um $60 for a 45 minute session and this will be free to anyone who um books a session that listens to this podcast today oh well thank you so much I'm sure the listeners will absolutely appreciate that and I'm excited for other people. I want to hear other people's stories. So if anyone chats with Renee and has some great stories, please give us a little shout out. I want to hear about it. Post it on your Instagram story. Shoot me a message. Would love to hear about it because um, Renee does some really cool work. Thank you. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with your friends, your family, on your IG story. Give me a little shout out and tell me how you raise your vibration on the daily.